Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm CJ, and this week I'm excited to be joined by Chef. Hey, everybody. Tyler. Hello. And Casey. Hey. Casey Lanier, this is your first time on the podcast. Tyler, we've had you uh, a couple of times, one time before? Yes, uh, once. Once, okay. I got a lot of flack for it. This is the couple of times now. Yes. Now you've been on it a couple of times. But Casey, this is your first time on the podcast. Uh, I know you are the director of digital marketing here at Orange, uh, and we're excited to have you for that reason. But in addition to that, we're excited because you're actually one of the producers of this podcast. It's so weird to be on the side of the well. mic. So, <laughs> so, um, so Casey's in the background of a lot of these episodes, yeah. and you just don't even know it. Shaking um, her head, no. Yeah, shaking, right. Stop. Saying, just waving her hands wildly <laughs> and saying, Cut, cut, cut. CJ, can you not say that, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, So it's fun to have you on this side. Thanks, guys. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going here. Yeah, so I have been on staff here at Orange for four and a half years. Just recently switched into the role of digital director of digital marketing, which is fun. Uh, But what that means is I get to oversee a lot of our podcasts. I guess all of our podcasts, social media channels, um, and what we do just from in the digital space. So before that, um, I was in worship ministry for 10 years. Okay. Um, and so did some of that in uh, youth ministries as well. So that was really cool. But yeah, so that's kind of my story. I guess the underlying theme for all of that is that I really love storytelling. I just now I'm using a medium of marketing and digital and social instead of primarily music. So yeah. well, we're going to get into that and I'm really excited to get into that. But it sounds like we have the perfect blend of like you have all of this church experience and <laughs> I mean, you're the director of digital marketing, which sounds like you know a lot of stuff about social it media. It certainly sounds that way. <laughs> <doesn't it? laughs> Casey, Casey's one of those people, I, every time I send you an email, Casey, I always preface it with like, you probably already know this. <laughs> Just because I learned like every once in a while, like I'll make a suggestion and I'm like, you know this already. <laughs> you're that good. So I try, but... Casey's always too kind. Yeah. So, and again, we've got Tyler here because he's done a ton of research uh, and Mm -hmm. actually heads up all of the social media strategy stuff that goes into our curriculum. So, if you didn't know, we actually produce a curriculum here at Orange called XP3 Students, and uh, that's produced by us, uh, the voices behind Rethinking Youth Ministry. And then we have Chef here, who's been on social media before, right? Yeah, every once in a while, (laughs) I show up. So, uh, so this is going to be a great conversation. Now, before we jump into this week's CJ. conversation, all about what you should be posting on what Tyler, <laughs> can I host for a second? Sure. Okay. I, I, do not I, know I have, I have no so idea what's coming what here, but earth? I, I prepared for this podcast and I actually prepared a segment for us if we want to do it. Um, okay. uh, it's fine. Yeah. All this will get cut later. It's great. <laughs> okay. This segment is called what's a Twitter. The segment where we ask Chef questions oh, about social media. Perfect. In this segment, a bunch of millennials around a table ask uh, Chef questions uh, and judge him on how relevant he is. Right he is. <laughs> on how relevant I am? Yes. Well, let's talk about how relevant Twitter is first. Oh, well, okay, shots fired. Uh, it's, okay, it's go part ahead. of the joke. Go ahead, and then we'll get into this subtle. week's conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, Chef, first question uh, What's a Finsta? A Finsta is a fake Instagram account that you set up. You can be your true self, and you're actually more true on your Finsta than you are on your Insta because Grandma sees your Insta. Knocks it out of the park. Thank you very much. Do you have a Finsta? I do not. Well, (laughs) 
No, I don't. I don't. I have some friends. <laughs> you had to think to about do. that. Well, I mean, it's been a lot of years, and I always grab, you know, like my name when a new thing comes out or whatever, and stuff like that. And you know, the only reason I'd so have a Finsta, a Finsta is because Finsta. I have every time I go to hit send, I think I shouldn't send that, and I would like to send it somewhere. So <laughs> does that mean you have like a Finsta Zanga or MySpace oh account? My or something? No. Yes. So like, I on grab- all the social media that nobody else is using. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. I'm ready for something to take. Over. Social media 2002. Okay. Right. Next question. Right, second question. How do you kill Snap Streak? Um, you miss a day, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Thank you. Streak is a daily thing, guys. Yeah. I've okay. had I've Good. had a streak. I do not have a snap chat. Snapchat. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of it. I, I should. But Tyler, I do not. I've had a streak over a year before. Have you really? Yeah. So fun fact. Okay. Mm. Next question. Wow. You you are the guru. <laughs> <laughs> you should talk more, CJ. Okay. Another question, Chef. If I was to ask you if you have a a, a personal palate, what would you say? A personal palate would probably be if I were get, and I'm guessing. When you look at your history on Instagram, you see a whole section of posts, and that palette would be that they kind of fall in the same, they match. Am mm. I right? What is it? What do they call yeah. when you go look at your history or whatever that is? Like um, your feed. When yeah. you look at so your feed, it all matches. Yeah. Sure. Did I do okay? I'm doing better than you thought I would. You are, wow, very relevant. Okay. So far. Three for three. That's uh, impressive. Another question Is the algorithm to blame? Yes or no? You mean for what comes up first in your? Yes. The answer is the algorithm is always. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, That is correct. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. And then last question. um, Who has more Instagram followers, Tyler or CJ? This Mm. should be easy. Mm. So Tyler's the... Um, well, um, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm gonna guess CJ because Why? he's the second most popular host on the <laughs> podcast. I'll, I'll take that. I know uh, he has tens of them. Yeah, I do. Oh, I do. Tens of followers. I ha- how many followers do you have? Tyler? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. What you have to do is follow us at. Oh, <laughs> no, that's a good point. I have like plug. I have like 300 followers. It, I have fewer followers. I have fewer followers than a sixth grade boy. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and talk. I do. I am impressed at how fast my son, I just recently allowed him to have, and he picked up followers quick, nice. but they're all from like a certain, Yeah. See, you know, I, he thinks he's threatening me. I'm like, yeah, but mine are from all over the country. Yeah. See, I, that's the thing is Tyler's probably got like 4,000 followers and that's right. great. They're all robots. I've got, <laughs> I, I pay for them. I've got 300 quality people. Yeah. They're real. You didn't yeah, sign yeah, up yeah. for the... Yeah. Get followers. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that was fun, Tyler. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, Thank you. Did you. A, you that was did a good a, segment. Wait, should we grade them now? Oh, yeah. I oh. think we got what? Four out of five. Did I miss one? Oh, Tyler, you have more than CJ? <laughs> Considerably? Yeah. 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 He does. Okay. Yeah, I was just fishing. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay. Chef, I would rate you as very relevant. 10 oh, out of 10. Wow. Mm. wow. 10 wow. out of 10. I just You're established your credibility yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> Well, that was fun. Now let's let's get into this week's conversation because we we are talking about hey, what should you be doing on social media? What should your youth ministry be doing on social media? But before we get to that question, I think there's kind of an underlying question, and that's the assumption that we should even have our youth ministries on mm-hmm. social media. That social media is worth our time. And so my first question is: Is social media worth our time as youth ministry leaders? I think I have a twofold answer. Um, one is yes, but I would also say no if you're not going to do it the right way. Mm, I'm, that's great. I'm interested. Which is why I don't do social media. I, 
Well, I get that. I don't support that, but <laughs> I get that. Very <laughs> well. I don't know. And even when we define the right way, I feel like it's simpler than people try to make it out to be. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that you need to hire somebody to work on 40 hours a week. I mean, you're not managing Taco Bell's Instagram, trying to reach teenagers every day to get right. them to buy dollar rolled tacos or whatever their goal right. is at the end of the day. But I feel like if, and we can, we can totally dig into this later, but if the only thing you're going to use it for is to just really be a billboard and like a place to post announcements and talk about yourselves all the time, then I feel like it's not worth doing. I, I would totally agree with that. I, I think there's a ton of ways that, that social media c- can be helpful, but really isn't. When you ask the question, is it worth my time? It, it is sort of a maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would back up a- announcements. I think a lot, of, a lot of how I would use social media, if it was just me and if I didn't know better, is just to say like, hey, here here's this, come, come to this or sign up for Look camp. Like yeah. those are real tensions and real felt needs of you. Like you, you need to communicate somehow. Uh, however, like in the context of social media, I think there's so much more you could be doing. Um, and so tapping into that, I think is a really good, mm-hmm. good starting place of th- there's some things that are really worth your time, um, that you might not be doing yet. Well, that's a great point. The announcements thing. So, because I feel like when most people, people think of, okay, a a student ministries or a youth ministry, social media, they're thinking, okay, this is a place where I'm creating some graphics of some sort. It's show up this week and, you know, or whatever it's sign up for summer camp. And it's a post that took me 25 minutes to put together and it got three likes and it feels like a waste of time. Mm. And so that's what you're saying, Casey is like, okay, if that's our strategy, maybe it is maybe it is a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the other underlying reality are your students on social media? Mm-hmm. Then I feel like that also in itself answers the question. And that was the yes behind my first answer, of course. Like, yeah. if your students are there, you should be there. And my qualifier would be you should be giving it the right kind of attention, not all the attention in the world. Again, not that 40 hours a week, but the right kind of attention, and you should be there. For me, is it worth it? Um, kind of had to do with that because um, in my last job, I was in charge of middle school, which put in my world sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, which meant I had 12 year olds who supposedly you're not supposed to have mm-hmm. a lot of these social media accounts till I'm 13. Is it worth it? Wasn't as much about time, although it was in all the ways you're talking about, but it was also about just the phone calls I would get from parents mm-hmm. because in one, our kids were on it. We knew they were on it. We knew they were on it when they weren't supposed to be. And so when we would talk about it from stage, I would deal with emails and phone calls from parents who weren't allowing their kids to be on it saying, you know, you are not helping me in, hmm. in this hmm. battle, you know, um, with my kids, because how can I argue with the fact that the small group leader wants us all to follow her or, uh, you know, or yeah. they want to create um, a group on Facebook or something like that? Um, it was always such a tension and I never felt like I had a very good answer. Do you guys feel like for, in your context, that was because you tried to make social media kind of this premium experience too? Like there was this level of, if you're not here, you're missing out yeah. on well, it. Well, I think that's, that a lot of times that's the argument the parents would mm-hmm. make is my child isn't getting the same experience. The other thing that would happen would just be a texting group. Mm-hmm. My child doesn't have a cell phone mm-hmm. and this small group leader wants, yeah. why should she, it's usually a she, <laughs> I don't know why, why should he, mostly because it was female small group leaders mm-hmm. who would be organized enough to put together a text group, <laughs> I think is why it would happen. You know, why should she miss out? And so, you know, there's this weird, like, so everybody should not get to do something because, you know, of your family rule. Anyway, there were just not good answers and it was a lot of energy. 
not just time, but just energy. And I felt like I was, you know, if I were going to burn this sort of influence on a parent, I have a lot more important things to talk to them about, you know, but, but it was just hard. But I also felt like, what can I do? This is where the kids are. Yeah. This is just the reality of, um, so what what did you do? We, we spent a lot of time and we talked about the different channels and what they were for, which was interesting. Uh, I remember the quote, Facebook Mm -hmm. is for the mamas. Twitter was for other churches who were following us. I was mm-hmm. at an influential church and other churches wanted to know what we were doing for the most part. And that mm-hmm. Instagram at that point was for students. But we tried to limit, uh, like there weren't any things that you couldn't take part of if you couldn't be on social media. Yeah, that's good. So that we, we would do like, well, I guess, again, like even contests, like guess how many things mm-hmm. are here during the week to try to get engagement up. And then you bring that person up on stage is one thing. To put them out as the winner of... Um, a game we did was uh, the kids love that prize. We mm-hmm. would put them up and we were going to, you know, their face was going to be on our Instagram mm-hmm. posts and we had tons of followers. So they loved that. And then, you know, as far as the worth it, then, then became all the like legal questions yeah. of, can I put a kid's face out mm-hmm. on Instagram? And that used to be, I remember my first teaching job, they would, they would say, if you put a kid's face on Instagram, on it was on a web page, on a class mm-hmm. web page, you will be fired. That was the rule. <laughs> so, so the answer there was no. And since then, you know, then we moved through a phase where it was like, you know, predators use social media to figure out what kids. Mm-hmm. And then we moved through a phase where nobody seems to care anymore, mm-hmm. um, except for like super conservative every once in a while folks. And you just have to be careful about kids' faces and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So again a lot of sideways energy on, and I've got so much to do in ministry. It's like, is it worth it? So, and it sounds like there was sort of a, uh, a conversation about who is the audience in that yeah. of, yeah. so middle school specifically, if that your audience is only middle school students, that, right. that is going to raise some, some tension or some conflict. Cause yeah. there, there might be some churches out there who have zero, uh, middle school students right. that have phones or on Instagram. Right. Um, so it does ask the question of, is this, is this primarily for students or yeah. is this also something that parents are going to be looking mm-hmm. at? Is this something that small group leaders are going to be looking at? Is this something where a first time visitor who's interested in the mm-hmm. ministry is actually going to be looking at this Instagram page? Well, mm-hmm. I think there's a few things to talk about in there. What is your primary audience? And then who else will be looking at this? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. your primary audience may be middle schoolers, but you do have to run the filter of, you know, what's yeah. mama mm-hmm. yeah, uh, going to say about... Some of the things we're talking about. I mean, because you can be crude and it's fun in middle school, those sorts of things. But, you know, again, you got to think about sideways Mm -hmm. energy. Is it worth it? This post is funny. Is it worth Mm -hmm. the backlash I'm going to get? You know, um, Mm -hmm. from a time perspective, um, there's lots of things that are funny that aren't worth (laughs) the backlash. So, so Casey, I'd love you. So we keep coming back to that question. Is it worth it? There is a whole lot of sideways energy that goes into it. And that could be a piece of our conversation. Mm -hmm. But the time and energy investment thing aside, what would your... Casey, answer B to the, is it worth it question? I know you kind of touched on that at the beginning a little bit, but how do you find out, how do you figure out if, okay, putting time and energy toward this on Instagram is going to be worth it? Um, for me, it's about asking a lot of questions. So even as chef was talking, I'm going the the thing I would encourage a church leader to do, and I'm sure you guys did, but was the, you've got to ask questions before you get some of that. And I know some of it is the do it and then ask for forgiveness later. (laughs) But in this, this was one that I feel like you can't miss and it's not worth losing the trust of a parent too. So maybe as you're asking those questions, you're also wrestling with what is its purpose in your ministry too? 
Um, and even as Tyler alluded to, I mean, this is your ministry's public platform to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Now that... Do you cater to the rest of the world? Not necessarily. Do you cater to the parents and the students in your ministry and your community? I would put that on there too. Then I think yes. So is it, is it worth your time when you can put the right kind of energy behind it in your specific context? I would say yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the reality is we can't miss that the majority of students and especially, and this lens, this definitely leans towards high school, but the majority of students have a phone in their pocket on their person at all times. And so that in my mind is where the attention of our students is when they're not in your environment and during the week. And honestly, sometimes when they are in your environment, that's still where their attention is. And that goes back to last week's conversation we had about the effects of social media on students. Now, Dave talks all about, you know, how much and, you know, students are engaging with social media and all that, that kind of stuff. And as I was prepping for this, I was reading as well. And it is, it is something like 92% or 93% of teenagers, 13 to 17, uh, have a cell phone with, mm-hmm. inter- with internet access. So <laughs> something like that. And then some other stats, just because I think when we talk about social media, that's a very broad thing. And, and chef brought up, you know, Facebook a few minutes ago, and that's like dead, you know, for students, right? So, but to get us all on the same page, U.S. teens, at least, ages 13 to 17, 85% of them are using YouTube, Uh, 72% use Instagram, 70% use Snapchat, Uh, 51% are technically on Facebook, and 32% are technically have a Twitter. But of those, only 10% of teens say they actually use Facebook. Only 3% of teens say they actually use Twitter. 82% 82% of teens in 2019, uh, these are 2018 stats, but rolling into 2019, 82% of teens say they are primarily on Instagram, YouTube, mm-hmm. and Snapchat. I will say a qualifier on that Facebook piece, and this is one of my biggest encouragements for youth leaders anywhere, is figure out where your students are. Yeah. Um, because some of it, I wonder, is it a regional thing? Does social media in the Midwest look a little bit different than here in the South? And then other things too are just because they're not on Facebook in the stereotypical way that we've all been on Facebook sharing fun dog videos, it doesn't mean that they're not leveraging the messaging service within Facebook. Because one of the things I'm seeing is that on the rise are messaging apps. These WhatsApp, WhatsApp has been around for a while, but it really is that direct message kind of feature. And I almost feel like depending on the region, teenagers are hopping around on which one they're using primarily. Mm. So that just because they're not, quote, on Facebook doesn't necessarily mean they're not still leveraging the platform. Now, does that justify your youth group being on Facebook? I don't know the answer for that for your teenagers, unless you know that that's where they are. But I would just throw that out there as another thing to think through. And that's, I mean, I think that's a really great starting point as far as we've asking the question, like, is it worth it? And in some cases, like, when I would say it's not worth it is if you have you know, nine, 10 different accounts where you have a Twitter for small group leaders, a Twitter for parents and a Twitter for students. Or you have, um, in addition to that, an Instagram for students an Instagram for parents. If you've got a lot of accounts, that might be a lot of sideways energy where you are spending a lot of time doing something and not giving it the full attention that, that it might need. So Casey, I think that's a really great starting point of figure out the best place for you to be. And if you're a ministry leader and you know you don't have a lot of time, Find out what platform is going to be most effective and will reach who you want to reach. And maybe that's if that's Instagram, then that, that's going to reach students. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some parents. You're going to get some small group leaders. And maybe maybe the starting place is 
just pick one channel and dig in and do it as well as you can. And then once you figure that out or once you find a system, then start adding if you want to do a little bit more with it. Yeah, I think that goes back to some of what we're asking. Is it sideways energy? In my mind, that right there that Tyler just said mm-hmm. is the that is focused and intentional energy. And spoiler alert for all you youth leaders out there, you don't have to be the one to run it. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can unpack that later too. But honestly, don't look at this as necessarily something as if your primary reason for not being on social media are the words, I don't have time, then I think this is more of a delegation issue than it yeah. necessarily is a, you know, a prioritization of your own time too. So I'm hearing if you've identified where your students are, if you've identified, you know, that this is going to be for my students or, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, no, I'm trying to figure out something for my parents. Like, okay, this is going to be for my parents. But I think in this conversation, okay, this is going to be for my students. Here are my students. I'm going to try and reach them here. Why? Why are we reaching them there? I would say this is where the directive of like, go to all the world as a Mm -hmm. Christian, social media is part of a student's world. Um, And so what we can think about is, again, not asking them to come to us as far as, hey, you come here, you understand my life, you understand our culture, uh, but us going to them and saying, hey, we understand you and we want to invite you into something. And so social media is a way of doing that, of going to where students are now and communicating something that matters to them. And through that, you will gain a level of credibility, of influence, because you're willing to step into where they are now and not ask them to come to you. There's a guy I follow on social media. His name is Brady Shearer, and he's got some really incredible advice for church leaders in general when it comes to social media. But he talks about how every single week we get 168 hours. Um, The average weekly youth environment is about an hour long. So what on earth are we doing... Don't hear me advocating for you need to be on social the rest of those hours, but I think it really is saying in what ways are we being intentional, just like Tyler was saying, to make sure that students know beyond our in-person experience, because let's face it, 2019, we're not just moving to a digital world. We are a digital world right now. So our, our students' lives, they are digital. They are primarily digital. Students are saying, I finally feel this is a place where I feel known and understood, so why on earth would? And that be a place that our ministry can get that same feeling in a student so that that way it's like what Marco um, was talking to us um, episodes back. Maybe we can link to that episode where he was talking about students have this innate desire to want to know that they belong Mm -hmm. before they even necessarily believe. I think social is a a huge platform for us to be able to do that. It's a place to invite them to belong and feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and connected in a way before they ever even you know, show up at, at, the, at your yeah. church. You know, one of the things we did with our curriculum lately is we've taken the devotionals and we've put them on mm. version. And so um, the last few times I've been to camp, I've had a couple of different youth workers come up and say, there are two or three kids here at camp that are here because of the version thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so I guess it's mm. a, ver- a version of social. Mm-hmm. The kids get on and they can do their devotionals. So, we, you know, we're extending Sunday or Wednesday night throughout the week, um, which is one of our values as a curriculum company. But they also can invite each other to, to the, so the group, their small groups do that together, which is fun. Well, the thing we never guessed was it's easier for them to invite <laughs> their friends outside a group into that. It's almost an easy, it is an easier step it's than inviting neutral, them to church. It's neutral, neutral ground. Yeah. And because this is their world, they just jump right in on it. And so they have kids who start with 
again, social through you version and begin to be in the small group that's doing a Bible study, which leads to an invite to church, which leads to the kid coming to camp. And it was like, okay, didn't even see that coming, but how, yeah. how do we utilize the different platforms, whatever's next, whatever's mm-hmm. working now to do that? Because I love that idea of like, this is a place I feel safe. So it's a place I feel safe enough to actually show up in person. It's a step. Yeah, that's great. And I feel like as youth workers, we're asking that question a lot of how do I make something that happens on Sunday or on a Wednesday night yeah. uh, continue throughout the week? And that those version devos were a great answer right. to that. And social media is the same answer as far as it can become something that shows up in a student's life on Tuesday morning mm-hmm. or on a Friday night, uh, where is it, it bridges from just being a service to to, hey, here, I'm, I'm still part of something, even when I'm not yeah. in a church. Yeah. Um, and so especially when they can connect with their friends throughout that experience, but if they know you as a ministry are also for them and thinking about them at those times, I think it changes something from being, this is something I go to and something I just do, um, to being, I'm a, I'm a part of this. Tyler, I think that's so key what you just said. You, and that's the secret in my mind is you are showing up in their world as opposed to always just assuming that the only answer is that we're having students show up in our own worlds. So Casey, I'm still kind of stuck on something you said a minute ago, and I'm thinking about all that's being said and I'm seeing, this is going to take me time that I don't have. So you mm-hmm. said it's not about time mm-hmm. or it's not all about time. Can you dive into that or get super practical about how to help us yeah. figure that out? I feel like the answer isn't necessarily that it's not about time, but maybe it's that it's not about your time. Okay. So I think if you, and even churches, those of you that are looking going, I have 15 students right. and I have a million other things on my mm-hmm. list. Why on earth is this important? For all the reasons we just talked about, but also you've got people around you who students, this is their world. Even some of your volunteers that you're looking around going like they are loving social media and would love a chance to be empowered by you to help bring about a platform for your ministry on social media. So in my mind, it's not about time, but it's about that it doesn't have to be your time. I love my friend, uh, Charlie, who's on the podcast a lot, talks about how she's a volunteer youth pastor right now, in addition right. to being full-time staff with us. So yeah. for her, she's gone, I don't have time for this, but I realize the importance of it. And so she actually, quote, pays a student to do this for her during right. the week. And now she gives them guidelines and the way that she pays them, yeah. she gives them registration to camp. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that, yes, maybe there is a little bit of value that changes, but it not it's not necessarily you paying with check or cash every yeah, single week right. for that, but you're going, hey, I'm going to give you this discount or this kind of premium experience, whatever that might look like in your ministry context. But it's finding people around you, especially finding people who are excited about this kind of stuff yeah. and empowering them to do it. And I love especially the resource that we've created lately with an XP3, the social media guide. Mm-hmm. I mean, XP3 does the work for you. It yeah. basically says, hand this piece of paper and these <laughs> digital files to someone else and let them run. So that's with this good wedding. because I'm thinking, I'm not sure I can entrust mm-hmm. my platform as the church. I'm not sure my boss would appreciate that to a student necessarily. But what you're saying is they're not necessarily choosing what's on there. They're doing the legwork as Correct. far as what's kind of pre-done and scheduling it out and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say I would say too to that, Casey. I think that's incredible of how how you lean into your students or your volunteers. Like 
that's empowering for them and not just the, the end product, which is you might have a better social media um, presence, but also you're, you're empowering a person and a volunteer to do something that they care about or that they like or that they're really good at. And that, that applies not just to social media, but maybe that's you're picking a, uh, a student or a volunteer that's really good at photography. And you're saying, mm -hmm. hey, I want you to come, you know, every two weeks and take some photos of our environment or take some photos of our uh, small group leaders or something like that. But again, leaning into something they're really good at. And then allowing them to use that in your ministry and sort of for the kingdom, um, mm -hmm. I think is really powerful. Uh, the other thing I was, I was going to say in, in response to, you know, equipping somebody else to run that channel, I think there are also ways of setting up some approval um, processes and stuff like that where you don't have to give them the password, but you can give them, hey, what should I be saying? How should I be saying it? Do you have a graphic for it? Uh, let them come up with ideas and work together with them of like, hey, they can put all their ideas in one in one place and you kind of as a ministry go through it. Mm -hmm. So I think there's totally helpful things there too. Yeah. Even as you say that, I think about two solutions and one is passwords can be changed. We are created to be changed. Yeah. So as long as you've got an email address set up with those accounts that you have access to, you can change a password if for any reason you feel uncomfortable with the person holding it. Now still have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just let them find out you're taking away because you changed the password. But also there are tools that exist out there. And one of the ones I love the most is called Buffer. Yeah. Um, and they mm -hmm. build in for free with a certain level of accounts and even if you had more accounts um, that go beyond that, they offer a 50% discount for nonprofits. I'm not sponsored by them, by the way. Let me just throw that out there. But I just uh, love I am, them. I'm yeah, this podcast are, brought to you by. <laughs> Except that it's not, just for legal reasons. <laughs> but um, they build in, you can give different levels of permissions on your account. So as you are scheduling post, which is another way that I would say um, mm -hmm. it will help you save time, is sit down and batch some of this. So yeah. sit down for an hour in your week and don't make it something that you spend three hours on every single day because you're trying to figure out what you're doing. So batch out those sessions where all you're doing is hopping in and approving things that maybe somebody else has already created for you, whether that's, that's something you're doing or something you're having a volunteer do, you add them as that contributor and you're literally, until you hit approve, it's not right. going to go live. You know, one of the things that helped us do that was just to think about our weekly rhythm, mm. you know, like, so we were a Sunday morning and so we chose Mondays, somewhat a review Tuesdays, you know, maybe just a fun thing. Wednesday could be highlighting someone in our ministry. Thursday would be mm. starting to look forward to the next week and we could vary from it, but it gave us, when you do sit down to batch, it's not, I need gave to come up to with 30 for. posts. It's, I need to come up with five. Again, they're kind of pre-done for you. And that's mm -hmm. somewhat the way it works with our curriculum. When you, you know, we, when we give you those things, it just kind of works in a rhythm, but it helped us a ton when it came, because it's just, for me, I'm just wired. Like, I don't want to sit down and think about, you know, a, a month, let's say where mm -hmm. we can preload a bunch of stuff, but man, if I can get that done in an hour and then not think about it for the next yeah. 29 days or just respond, you know, that's a, that's an awesome thing. So I've got a question. And so this kind of goes back to, you know, what we were talking about with time earlier is I think sometimes we think, okay, social media is going to take my, take a lot of time. And I think the assumption there is it's because I'm going to have to make a lot of stuff and put a lot of stuff together there, or I've got to figure out Photoshop and, or Canva or something <laughs> like that. And then I think like, okay, and that's where a lot of youth ministries, okay, I'm, I'm going to get really serious about social media. I'm going to, I designed four images and then I posted them. And then I was like, wow, that took a lot of time. No one interacted. 
And now it's been six weeks since I've posted anything on social media. I feel like that tends to be a rhythm that honestly I notice with a lot of totally youth ministry social medias. Yeah. And my question is, okay, if that's not working, or, or maybe my question is, is that what students are looking for? <laughs> what are students looking for uh, from our social media? Because that seems to be the, the rhythm or the method and it doesn't work. And then we also burn out on it super quick because it takes a lot of time. What are students looking for when they see our social media accounts? I think there is sometimes a, a misconception that it always has to be the like heavy, meaningful content. Uh, so you're always like, it's got to be a series quote, or it's got to be a Bible verse, or it's got to be something that has that sort of like life impact. And I think that's where I, I would say those sort of posts are great when they fit in with sort of a, a, a bigger context of posts where you got to have some fun things that they can just engage with. I know somebody, somebody was saying one of their posts was like, what are your thoughts on Nutella? Which to me, like, I don't think I would ever like, I would never come up with I'm that, but I thought it. that is, I was about to say that is a poll. I would answer. Was, and, and you would say four, four? Yeah, I would say four. against, see oh. now, now we have conflict. Ooh. Now, now those comments are going <laughs> crazy. This Sunday's talk is all about conflict. Resolution. <laughs> there you so. go. Right. But like, it was, it was just a fun post. I thought it was brilliant because it gets, it gets Susan engaged. It asks them a question that like, they're going to have some fun with and it builds credibility so that when that meaningful content comes of a series quote or a Bible verse, they, they're already comfortable. They trust you. They're familiar. Um, so you can have a whole range of tools in what you post, and it doesn't always have to be sort of the same thing. Tyler, I feel like that's absolutely true. I actually saw a quote this morning um, from Gary Vaynerchuk that my friend Dave Adamson posted, um, and he said, my social accounts are not a platform from which I talk about what's important to me. It's a platform from which I talk about what's most important to you. And Dave was saying, I really wish churches understood this, and I would say the same, same thing about ministries mm -hmm. everywhere. It really is like, what is your focus in social, and then what's the driving force behind, you know, just the why. And I feel like it's got to be your students and it's got to be making sure that we're meeting. Um, this is a platform for us to meet that innate desire for, within every person, but especially teenagers that I want to be seen. I want to be heard and I want to be known. And so I think if we leverage social as a place to do that, then absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's shifting, it's shifting your perspective as a youth leader from what do I want my students to see and know to what, what is going to be honestly fun and exciting for them to engage with. I want them to know about summer camp coming up. Mm -hmm. They want to talk about Nutella. So like, yes, there's <laughs> going to be a happy medium there where yeah. we talk about summer camp at some points, but I feel like it's just so easy to, okay, mm -hmm. I've got to make this announcement. I've got to tell them that we're starting 30 minutes late. I've got to, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of a thing that we forget about the engagement side of it and mm -hmm. meeting them w with something that they're going to want to interact with. And I, I would say too, there, there's a way to bridge those two things mm -hmm. of like, man, if you've got a summer camp coming up and you already know the game for it, like if it involves Nutella, post Nutella and be like sneak peek of the game coming up at summer camp where it's, you're meeting two needs. Um, but in a creative way that mm -hmm. they're, they're actually going to be interested in. So it's thinking through the lens of what, <laughs> what will my students uh, engage with and respond to rather than what do I need to say? Some of it is developing a space where it's a, I don't want to miss out on this without you necessarily yelling at them saying, right. yelling, meaning posting in all caps saying that 
you should miss this. Like if that's the caption for everything that you've posted, why it's almost like this kind of shame driven thing too of like, well, what if I do miss it? Or what if I can't be there? What does that mean? But almost like building up that hype and that excitement within um, a feed or some stories or ways to interact. I always love my friend Dave says, end more of your sentences on social media with a question, than a question mark than you do a period. So find ways that you can be asking questions and gathering feedback, even if it's, feedback that's wrong like Tyler not liking Nutella but you know that's okay it's still (laughs) valuable Tyler we see you we know you so it sounds like these are two different goals, though. You have to let him respond to that, or no, no, no. I sound like a jerk. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. like, please, All right, did you want please to let him say something. I have no response to that, except I'm going to definitely subtweet and then insta poll. I can't wait. So, <laughs> so Nutella aside, it sounds like there are two different goals here for social media that we tend to wrestle with. It's the tension to inform our students and the tension to engage our students, I guess. Yep. So is that, so what is the goal for our youth ministries, Instagram or whatever? Like what, what should be like, okay, this week uh, it's a win on social media. If I don't know if this directly answers that question, but I kind of okay, like, you can kind the, of answer it. It's fine. <laughs> I kind of like the formula of for everything that for every one thing that I'm asking of you, I'm giving you four other yeah, things like or that. giving you value in four other things. So a really kind of one to four ratio. I wonder if some of the conversation is to figuring out within your own ministry, how are you measuring a win? Um, I feel it's got to be different for every ministry. I think there are some underlying things that are common, but for me, if a student comes up to me during the week and they talk about something they saw on social media, that is a win Mm, in my book. So if I'm getting interaction and engagement, even beyond likes and comments, but I'm getting that almost in-person kind of feedback too, then I realize that what I'm trying to do, which is help students feel seen and known and heard, that that's working in some capacity. And it's probably proportionate to the group you're Mm -hmm. trying to reach, right? I mean, for likes could be a huge win for 15, you know, for a a small group of 15 (laughs) where, you know, you, if you have a 550 likes, you know, may or may not be a good thing, you know? So it's just a likes aren't necessarily the way you you measure it, but interaction is what I think what you're looking for. You're looking to connect, connect our times together. Gosh, that's so important. The number, oh my gosh. Don't measure your social media success by the number of followers you have. That is the worst metric. It is a metric worth noting, but it's not a metric worth driving your strategy. That's where I get all of my self Oh, it is. So, so, oh, well, that's, why, just, that's, why, oh, has, that's why. That's why. That's why. Oh, this is wow. Why you don't Sorry. That was oh, hard. my God. That was hard. I'm going to go and follow CJ. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I've never followed him. <laughs> CJ, I'll buy you some followers. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm saying, uh, too. Even as you look at big brands, or, you know, followers can be bought. That is a thing that can happen. But one of the ways you can tell if people have bought followers is go look at the engagement on their posts. If they have 20,000 followers and three people have liked a recent picture, Mm -hmm. they probably bought most of it. Well, first of all, I'd like the disclaimer. I actually do not buy. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get that on the open. Uh, 
However, I, I think that's really good. It, numbers numbers matter, and I think you should you should be aware of them, but also know that they're not necessarily an indicator of success in every situation. Right. Well, they should ask, you ask better questions when you understand the numbers, mm. but don't let the numbers define. Yeah, yeah. and again, I'm quoting my friend Dave, but he always says numbers matter because people matter, and I do mm. agree with that. I definitely would just say make sure you're not defining your own success on social media or your ministry's own success on social media by the number of followers. Yeah, and I, I would add. So something something that does matter outside of numbers would be the the tone and impression you're mm-hmm. sending. I think CJ said earlier on that, that social media can now be a front door for your mm-hmm. ministry. So it might be the first thing a student ever sees. Uh, so with that, what what are they seeing? Are they seeing mm-hmm. are they seeing people? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they feeling like they're being talked at mm-hmm. instead of talked to? That's are you great. asking yeah. questions? Um, even really even the level of consistency of of how often do you post? If if you can post consistently, also reflects a level of intentionality mm-hmm. that students, whether they realize it or not, will notice. So, I mean, that leads to the heart of this conversation in this this episode, which is, so, okay, so based on all of that, what should your youth ministry be doing on social media this week? What should it look like when a student says, okay, I'm going to go follow, maybe even before I show up? Well, I'll say, I'll say for us and our team and the, the, the research we developed, and I'll say this is a strategy, not, not the strategy, uh, but what we kind of we're sorting through was let's, let's, let's pick one channel, do it really well. And for, for us, that was, that was Instagram. Um, and then show up with both photos and graphics. I, I think a lot of people think, Oh, it's gotta be all, all graphics. No students, students want to see themselves. They want to see pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, if your ministry is about people, then people should be represented in your social media too. Oh, that's so good. Um, so Make sure it's a mix of, it can be fun graphics, but make sure you're including people, whether that's mm-hmm. just small group leaders or your worship leader or ministry leader, whatever that is, um, highlight people through through your channels. Um, and then I, we've said this a lot, but, but ask questions, um, mm-hmm. things that end with question marks. Uh, they get better engagement and they all, also communicate a message that we, we want to hear what you think about this. I would say I love all of those ideas and I feel like even leveraging, especially if it's Instagram, leveraging Instagram stories for some of those things that don't fit in your feed necessarily, because you are going to have that ministry leader, chef, I'm sure you felt this, um, where they're going, but I have to say something about what we're doing this week, or I have to say something and remind them again for the 50th time that camp registration ends on Friday. And if they don't sign up by then, like that is a real, Mm -hmm. that is a real thing. And so I would almost push people to push that kind of stuff inside of Instagram stories. So that that way you don't look just like a bulletin board to somebody who's new, but really it's almost like viewing your feed kind of as a yearbook more than you are an announcement board. Mm, We've talked about that a little bit. I think that's great. I, you know, I keep hearing, I think the second time we mentioned Marco Stryker, but um, (laughs) I keep hearing him say, you know, the best youth ministries are weird youth ministries (laughs) and it's. It's really one of your opportunities. I love the yearbook analogy to say, this is what we're all about. Mm-hmm. And I love the question. Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on Nutella. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a great fun. And then the kids get to respond. There's no pressure in that. And I think, you know, when you're talking about you give four things before you ask mm-hmm. for one thing, I think that's a give. Like, that's just a fun mm-hmm. smile sort of a thing. And, and it's way simple, you know, so to be quirky, yeah. to be interesting, and then to talk about what we talked about last week. Here's a question based on last week. Now that you've had time to think about it, you know, I mean, I feel like, again, like you said, we make this too hard. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. if I had the opportunity to talk to every one of my kids two days after a message, what would mm-hmm. I ask them? Mm-hmm. And just ask it. That's such a good filter. You know? And because you do 
in today's exactly. day and age have the opportunity to reach every one of the kids that sat in a message that you talked about and, and ask them now that it's sat there for a little bit, what are your thoughts on this? Or did you feel attention on this? Or mm-hmm. all the times you wish, you know, you're standing in front of a group of kids, you wish you had time in a one-on-one, you would ask a kid, you know, I don't know, do you relate with that? Those mm-hmm. are all questions you can ask later. And I think even approaching, you know, kind of bouncing off of that, approaching your social media the same way you approach a Wednesday night or Sunday morning, where it isn't all serious, you know, come to Jesus moments where we're asking, you know, so what do you think about the Trinity? You know, or something, you know, it's like, okay, on any Wednesday (laughs) night or Sunday morning, we're we're playing ridiculous games. We're mm-hmm. hanging out. We're talking about our weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the end of the semester or whatever's coming up. And then, yes, we're going to talk about something that hopefully will uh, help you grow in your faith, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think the same can be said of social media. But I just think that the trend, if you look at any most youth ministry social media, it's all geared toward announcements in, in spiritual mm-hmm. growth. And those are important, but there are a lot more things we can be doing to uh, to round out our social media approach. Yep. And to do a contest for a free registration is talking about yeah. registration. Yeah. And it's just, a, you know, it's just not a straight up announcement to say, you know, if you can guess how many jelly beans are in this jar, you win free registration before this Friday when yeah. registration's on over, by the way, everybody, you know, yeah. right. those sorts of things. It's just a different way to think about it. And even letting students have a voice into your programming too, even just letting them say, hey, vote on which song should be in our yeah. set list this week or... The um, Cam t-shirt is one yeah, thing used to do. Oh my and gosh, the that's so huge. people went crazy yeah. over it. We gave three t-shirts. We knew which one we were going with <laughs> yeah and i feel like there's this, or which one would probably win knowing yeah. that even even in marketing in a general sense when consumers have a, the ability to speak into a product the sales for that product is going to be bigger yeah. naturally hmm. um, not always but most of the time just because yeah. i'm going i decided that oh my gosh and now too <laughs> it's a little bit ego driven but not i don't think in a bad way where you're saying hey because i've given you a voice now you have more buy into this mm-hmm. and therefore you're probably going to invite more friends to camp you're probably going to invite more friends to you know your environment this week or whatever because you feel like you as a student mm-hmm. have has spoken into what's happening. So yeah. it's a little bit of just empowering. And again, that sense of just making a student feel heard. I think that's so great. I think that's awesome. Well, as we, as we get closer to wrapping up here, I've got some more rapid fire questions, practical questions uh, about what your youth ministry should be doing on social media. So this is for anybody. So first one, should you follow, comment, and like your students' Instagram posts from your ministry social media account? Figure out what's right for your ministry, but my opinion is yes, you should absolutely, but don't follow people that have private accounts. Just in general, or what if they followed us as a ministry? Do you follow? I think requesting a follow back, there's a little bit more there. That's, but if yeah. you're just reaching out randomly to that 13 year old girl that just came for one time, I feel like it right. could be a little bit creepy. So yeah. maybe that let that, that be your sense. filter. That's great advice. So what if you lead a middle uh, a middle school ministry, and uh, should your middle school ministry be on social media? I think that goes back to, and th- these are all questions that take a lot of discretion and are might look different depending on your church policy or your church context or a conversation you have with your leaders or with your, your program. I, I would say f- for middle schoolers, it, it might come back to the question of who, who is, who is my audience? And right. if, if you want, if you want a place where parents can, can look into your ministry, uh, maybe it's worth having just, just to have a page where you can represent your ministry in a way. Um, we, we just came to the conclusion that's where most of the kids are, so we are going to have it. And then when a parent would call and complain, I would say, I'm sorry, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to do our best to make sure your child doesn't miss out on any opportunity 
um, because they're not. And I totally think, you know, I back your decision. It's up to you as a parent. But the reality is most kids are there. And for us not to be there, it would be irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, so. too, with Instagram, you can access it from a desktop computer, a laptop now. Mm-hmm. And especially even stories, you can still view. I think some of, some of the features are still not quite as accessible. Like, I don't think you can answer a poll from a desktop, but you can still see what's going on. So if it is driven by, like, my kid's missing out, right. there is that answer for it. They can still be aware and right. then... That when that time comes and they are 13 and they're hopping in there, they're already a little bit engaged. All right. Do you need to get students to sign waivers before you use their pictures on social media? Or is there a sign outside the environment that says you, your picture here could be used? I don't know the answer to this. Um, we made everybody who was coming to an event sign. Um, Sunday mornings were a little more tough because friends would come in without, you know, sneak by or we wouldn't and and many times the kids show up and they're minors and no Mm -hmm. adults there to sign permission so sunday morning images we were more careful but i can say as the years have progressed we've we've become less and less careful about it um and then to go on with that can small group leaders post pictures Mm -hmm. of their kids and i think it's important to remember i think you should talk to them about being responsible but their small group their accounts are their responsibility, not your responsibility. So it's, it's just been an interesting dynamic from if you put their face on a web page, you're fired to, <laughs> mm. right. Nobody seems to care anymore, mm. but that doesn't mean you're not responsible. So yeah. it doesn't mean the a parent's not going to care. So oh no. And, and a parent can call and you can take note. I will make sure that student mm-hmm. does not get put. And then I will talk to the small group leader and say, be very clear. None of your pictures have mm-hmm. that student on there. And You know, I mean, I had a pretty large ministry and I I can name the four or five parents I knew Mm -hmm. were adamant Mm -hmm. and and I didn't have to ask because they came out, you know, they Mm -hmm. came to me beforehand. Um, And the camp thing really gave me a pretty good idea because I'd get one or two. Well, we actually didn't give people an option. It wasn't an option on the camp registration. It was a, I understand Mm -hmm. that coming to this event may lead to my student being on, you know, social media. Yeah. And there's also uh, an a potential option and a workaround too, but you have to just be so careful and it really is about communication, but you can shoot from behind. So if you yeah. have a photographer, encourage them, don't point your lens at student spaces, shoot from behind and let's capture environments more than we're capturing yeah. individuals. Um, even though I totally agree with, uh, especially what Tyler was talking about earlier of featuring people, but feature the people you have permission for. Right. Yeah. And then everything else, as- almost assume that you can't unless you've made it explicit in your environments or within um, agreements or registrations that they're actually signing. All right. If somebody's youth ministry doesn't have any social media presence right now, maybe because they're a church plant or maybe because they just have one main church Instagram Mm -hmm. or something like that, what would you recommend their first step be this week? I I would go back. It comes to the question of where are your students Mm -hmm. and who's your audience? Um, So my thought is your, your best bet is probably going to be Instagram. That's not, it might not be true in every case, but from, from the research we did, we found that this is where most students are. This is where most things are heading. And the platforms that still are kind of existing are, are dying a little bit outside of Instagram. Um, so this is probably the best use of your time. So maybe your first step this week is just to start an Instagram and make a goal to post two times a week. Mm -hmm. If that's what you want to do. Um, but staying consistent, but getting in the game, having those conversations with that, whether it's just your small group leaders or you have a team with you about what do you want your social media to be um, and how to use it in a way that, that is beneficial to those students in the ministry. 
And the one thing I would add is identify that person right now that you can empower to help you with it. So it goes back to an episode we did right in the beginning of this podcast where don't build, don't build this ministry where it's so dependent on you that it can't function if you're not there. Yeah. This ministry is not about you. It's about your students. Yeah. So, And I think the answer is the same. If maybe your ministry does have a social media presence, but you haven't posted in six months or something like that. Hey, identify that person and empower them or, you know, go back to what Tyler was saying. Now, my last question is if someone's got a social media presence, they post a couple times a week, primarily, you know, they're, it's, you know, graphic analysis, whatever. Mm -hmm. What's one thing they can do this week in the next 10 minutes, as soon as they end this podcast to up their social media game? Maybe this is, this is how I'm wired, but I I sort of always start with the, just, just reevaluate, just, just be aware of what's happening. So if you're thinking your social media isn't what you want it to be, okay, why is that? And what, what do you want it to be? Um, and don't, don't do everything right now like don't don't put all of your plans in place and spend all week trying to to redo your your color palette uh <laughs> but maybe take one thing and change that this week with a goal in mind of where where do you want to be in a year um and then just just start working towards that maybe that is adding question marks to the end of what you're saying so ask questions rather than make statements um maybe that is you're you're out there and you're finding somebody who can take pictures um rather than you having to do it every week but it's just pick a place and start with the end in mind. I would, I would I'm, I'm going to answer my own question there. Please and then do. Casey, I'll let you jump okay. in. You tell me if it's bad advice. I would encourage if, if you feel like your social media game's a little stagnant and you're just kind of posting random stuff to your grid or something like that, turn the camera around and start doing some Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. I think there's such a hurdle to that side mm-hmm. of things that it's like, oh, I've never done, you know, it's going to be weird if my students see an Insta story for me, you know, Mm -hmm. or it's the first time I pop up in their feed. Mm -hmm. It's not that weird. Just try do a couple of them and no one's going to reply back and say, Hey, you moron, why are you doing this? You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like, okay, then once you've broken the ice, it gets easier. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great advice, CJ. Uh, one thing I would suggest is reach out to two or three students and or volunteers and ask them what could be better about our social media channels. Oh, that's great. That would probably me. That's and uh, yeah. Chef, how's your fin- Finsta coming? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't have a lot of great advice. I do think, had I thought back on something Tyler said earlier, like what is the win? Mm-hmm. And I think the win would have been my win is to connect the times we're together mm-hmm. as many times as possible. Mm-hmm. Because I do think at the end of the day, eyeball to eyeball is what you know is mm-hmm. what the goal is because it's where ministry happens. But this is definitely a step to get kids more connected and, um, and then up the chances that they're coming to camp or that they are going to be sitting, you know, face to face with a small group leader or or in in the context of a relationship. So I feel like if I would have defined that win, I would have felt much more successful. Mm -hmm. That's super great. Well, friends, this has been a great conversation. And before we go though, I just want to say, Hey, if you're looking for a super practical way to start, we're going to plug a free social media guide in with the show notes of this episode. Tyler's actually one of the brains behind those. And if you're looking for a place to start, what do I post? How do I make it fun? I'm not a fun person, whatever that is for you, whatever you're struggling with. 
That social media guide will give you some ideas and some super tangible places to start. So Tyler, thanks for putting so much effort into those. And I would say those are specific to XV3 series, but take those, even if you don't use XV3 and contextualize just the ideas behind them. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best part is even if you're not using our stuff, um, peek at it. And I want to throw in one more thing. We're doing this really fun piece for those um, social media guides called the Social Media Minute. And you can find those on our YouTube channel and we can link those in the show notes as well. So one minute videos that you as well, they're one ish minute videos that you as a church leader or uh, even the the volunteer student you're empowering, you can send those to them. And it really is like training. And you can find links to all of that stuff at rethinkingym.org. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Rethinking Youth Ministry. Until next time, thanks for listening.